Today is day two of our Bible reading. We'll be reading from Genesis chapter 6 through Genesis chapter 10 today. Let's open up with prayer. Lord Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to study your word and to learn your deeper truths. Please meet us here in scripture and please enlighten us with your holy word that we may learn from it and that we may apply it to our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now it came about when men began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever because he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. The Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky. For I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God and the earth was filled with violence. God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them, and behold, I am about to destroy them with the earth. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. You shall make the ark with rooms, and shall cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you shall make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, its breadth, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark, and finish it to a cubit from the top and set the door of the ark on the side of it. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. Behold, I, even I, am bringing the flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you shall enter the ark, 
you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds after their kind, and of the animals after their kind, of every creeping thing, of the ground after its kind, two of every kind will come with you to keep them alive. As for you, take for yourself some of all food which is edible, and gather it to yourself. And it shall be for food for you and for them. Thus Noah did according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. Chapter 7 Then the Lord said to Noah, Enter the ark, you and all your household. For you alone I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. You shall take with you of every clean animal by sevens, a male and his female. And of the animals that are not clean, Two, a male and his female. Also of the birds of the sky, by sevens, male and female, to keep offspring alive on the face of all the earth. For after seven more days I will send rain on the earth forty days and forty nights, and I will blot out from the face of the land every living thing that I had made. Noah did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. Now Noah was six hundred years old when the flood of water came upon the earth. Then Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him entered the ark because of the water of the flood. Of clean animals and animals that are not clean and birds and everything that creeps on the ground, there went into the ark to Noah by twos, male and female, as God had commanded Noah. It came about after the seven days that the water of the flood came upon the earth. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the seventeenth day of the month, on the same day all the fountains of the great deep burst open, and the floodgates of the sky were opened. The rain fell upon the earth for forty days and forty nights. On the very same day Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them, entered the ark, they and every beast after their kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth after its kind, and every bird after its kind, all sorts of birds. So they went into the ark to Noah, by twos of all flesh in which was the breath of life. Those that entered, male and female of all flesh, entered as God had commanded him, and the Lord closed it behind them. Then the flood came up on the earth, for forty days, and the water increased and lifted up the ark, so that it rose above the earth. The water prevailed and increased greatly upon the earth, 
and the ark floated on the surface of the water. The water prevailed more and more upon the earth, so that all the high mountains everywhere under the heavens were covered. The water prevailed fifteen cubits higher, and the mountains were covered. All flesh that moved on the earth perished, birds and cattle and beasts and every swarming thing that swarms upon the earth and all mankind. Of all that was on the dry land, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life, died. Thus he blotted out every living thing that was upon the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky, and they were blotted out from the earth. And only Noah was left, together with those that were with him in the ark. The water prevailed upon the earth one hundred and fifty days. Chapter 8 But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. And God caused a wind to pass over the earth, and the water subsided. Also the fountains of the deep and the floodgates of the sky were closed and the rain from the sky was restrained, and the water receded steadily from the earth, and at the end of one hundred and fifty days the water decreased. In the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark rested upon the mountains of Ararat. The water decreased steadily until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains became visible. Then it came about at the end of forty days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made, and he sent out a raven, and it flew here and there until the water was dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove from him to see if the water was abated from the face of the land. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot, so she returned to him into the ark, for the water was on the surface of all the earth. Then he put out his hand and took her, and brought her into the ark to himself. So he waited yet another seven days, and again he sent out the dove from the ark. The dove came to him toward evening, and behold, in her beak was a freshly picked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the water was abated from the earth. Then he waited yet another seven days, and sent out the dove, but she did not return to him again. Now it came about in the six hundred and first year, in the first month, on the first of the month, the water was dried up from the earth. Then Noah removed the covering of the ark, and looked, and behold, the surface of the ground was dried up. In the second month, on the twenty-seventh day of the month, the earth was dry. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. 
Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may breed abundantly on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth, went out by their families from the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. The Lord smelled the soothing aroma, and the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man, for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth, and I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Chapter 9 And God blessed Noah and his sons, and said to him, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth. The fear of you and the terror of you will be on every beast of the earth and on every bird of the sky, with everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are given. Every moving thing that is alive shall be food for you. I give all to you, as I gave the green plant. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is its blood. Surely I will require your lifeblood. From every beast I will require it. And from every man, from every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. As for you, be fruitful and multiply. Populate the earth abundantly and multiply in it. Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, Now behold, I myself do establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, of all that comes out of the ark, even every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you, and all flesh shall never again be cut off by the water of the flood, neither shall there be a flood again to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all successive generations. I set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. It shall come about when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow will be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature 
of all flesh. And never again shall the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the cloud, then I will look upon it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Now the sons of Noah who came out of the ark were Shem and Ham and Japheth, and Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was populated. Then Noah began farming and planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and became drunk, and uncovered himself inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were turned away so that they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine, he knew what his youngest son had done to him. So he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servant. He shall be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. Noah lived three hundred and fifty years after the flood. So all the days of Noah were nine hundred and fifty years, and he died. Chapter 10 Now these are the records of the generations of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the sons of Noah. And sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japheth were Gomer, and Magog, and Madai, and Javan, and Tubal, and Meshach, and Tiras. The sons of Gomer were Ashkenaz, and Riphath, and Togarmah. The sons of Javah were Elisha, and Tarshish, Kittim, and Dodanim. From these, the coastlands of the nations were separated into their lands, every one according to his language, according to their families, into their nations. The sons of Ham were Cush and Mizraim and Put and Canaan. The sons of Cush were Seba and Havilah and Sabta and Reama and Sabtika. And the sons of Reama were Sheba and Dedan. Now Cush became the father of Nimrod. He became a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Akkad, 
and Kalneh in the land of Shinar. From that land he went forth into Assyria, and built Nineveh, and Rehoboth Ir, and Kalah, and Resen between Nineveh and Kalah. That is the great city. Mizraim became the father of Ludim, and Anamim, and Lehabim, and Naphtahim, and Pathrusim, and Kaluhim, from which came the Philistines, and Kaphtarim. Canaan became the father of Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, and the Jebusite, and the Amorite, and the Girgashite, and the Hivite, and the Archite, and the Sinite, and the Arvidite, and the Zemurite, and the Hamathite. And afterward, the families of the Canaanite were spread abroad. The territory of the Canaanite extended from Sidon as you go toward Gerar as far as Gaza. As you go toward Sodom and Gomorrah and Adma and Zeboim, as far as Lasha. These are the sons of Ham, according to their families, according to their languages, by their lands, by their nations. Also to Shem, the father of all the children of Eber, and the older brother of Japheth, children were born. The sons of Shem were Elam, and Ashur, and Arpachshad, and Lud, and Aram. The sons of Aram were Uz, and Hul, and Gether, and Mash. Arpachshad became the father of Shelah, and Shelah became the father of Eber. Two sons were born to Eber. The name of the one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided. And his brother's name was Joktan. Joktan became the father of Almadad, and Shelef, and Hazarmavith, and Jerah, and Hadaram, and Uzal, and Dikla, and Obal, and Abimael, and Sheba, and Ophir, and Havilah, and Jobab. All these were the sons of Joktan. Now their settlement extended from Mesha as you go toward Safar, the hill country of the east. These are the sons of Shem, according to their families, according to their languages, by their lands, according to their nations. These are the families of the sons of Noah, according to their genealogies, by their nations. And out of these, the nations were separated on the earth after the flood. Okay. Hope you enjoyed today's reading. So we got to see the story that, you know, the world knows pretty well about Noah's Ark. But there are some things that we definitely need to understand about this story that are paramount to what we believe as well as um, overall just very interesting. So you wonder why this, um, again, some of this is, you know, 
pure speculation, theory, um, you know, debatable, because it's not going to affect the narrative of the Bible. But why is it that the beginning people were allowed to live 900 years? And yet, and then when after the time of the ark, why did they only live shorter lives until we have what we have today, where 80 to 120 years is the maximum lifespan of humankind? There are some reasons for that. One is God has declared it to be so. As he said at the beginning of chapter 6, he said, I'm not going to strive with man forever, so I'm reducing their days to 120 years. But there are some theories about that. And you'll see what I mean as we go through this. One theory is called the canopy theory. If you read the creation account, how it talks about that there was a separation of waters and that it separated the waters that were above and the waters that were below. And that language is very interesting because it gives the impression that at the beginning of the world, there was a layer or a canopy of water in the atmosphere, in the, um, in the ozone, in the stratosphere, you know, right at the edge of the sky before you enter into space that there was a layer of water surrounding the world. That's what it kind of gives you the idea of that happening. And it makes sense, too, because it talks about in those days there was no rain and that mist would come up from the ground and would water the earth. That's kind of like a greenhouse effect. And so that's why some people think that it never rained before Noah's Ark. And that's why when it talks about that the floodgates of the sky were opened, all of that came crashing down. And there's one thing that water does that protects mankind. What does water do? It actually reflects light. And it blocks the dangerous rays of the sun. So what is it that really ages us? Ultraviolet rays, the sun's rays, even through our house. You know, we, we have roofs over our head, but ultraviolet rays pierce through those things to some extent. So that's what causes us to age rapidly. So that's what the theory is, is that since all of that was blocked by the canopy of water in the sky, men were able to live for hundreds of years because their rate of decay and aging was so much lower. But again, that's just theory. Not to mention back then they were more pure in DNA and they didn't have so many defects and corruption in our DNA. So they lived more, they were more pure and more healthy than we were. So again, these are theories. But it's a very fascinating theory. Then it talks about Nephilim. And those are, like it says, that they existed in those days, before the flood, and also afterward. Now, that's why throughout, later in the Bible, you see talk of giants. And those giants 
our descendants genetically to these Nephilim. Very fascinating to think about that. We don't really hear about giants in our day. Um, it, it seems like by the uh, end of the Old Testament, all of that has been done away with. There are no more giants. But um, either way, very fascinating to think about that there were, um, I guess, half angel, half men, abominations, if you will, that should not have existed. And, you know, they were allowed to persist after the flood. And so I guess at some point, some of them carried DNA. And it had to have been Noah and his family that carried DNA because they were the only ones that populated the earth. So there's, you know, there's theories that Noah was a, was a giant. And, but, I mean, we can't prove any of this. The Bible doesn't say it. So, But it's still really cool to think about. Now, this is the first time that we mention any kind of ship building in the Bible. And what's very interesting about this is that the way that God describes the ark is the very first time that we see the basis of all shipbuilding is it starts here. To build a stable water vessel, you build a, a vessel that where the length of it is six times longer than its width. And that is a basis, a basic, fun, a fundamental rule that is kept even today in shipbuilding. So, from the very beginning, God established how to build a proper ship. Not to mention, we don't know what gopher wood is. We, there's some theory as to what gopher wood is, maybe cypress or, or cedar. But he made a watertight vessel to keep his, the whole living, whatever was allowed to live, keep it alive. And... You see, also, it took him 100 years to build this thing. Because um, it says at the beginning of chapter, at the end of chapter 5, that he was 500 years old. And then at the beginning of chapter 7, it says, when the water started coming down, that Noah was 600 years. So it took him 100 years to build this ark. Now, I don't know if his family helped him with it or what, but you can imagine that, and you see it also in the New Testament where it talks about Noah was a prophet in his day. And he may have been preaching repentance to the earth while he was doing this. And, you know, he was probably made fun of by him saying, yeah, rains are coming. Well, what is rain? I mean, what do you mean water falls from the sky? You know, they, this was a foreign concept to them, but he was faithful in what he was told to do, and he built this ark exactly as God commanded him to do. And that's a challenge to us today. If God gives us a command or an expectation, are we willing to do whatever God says, regardless of how ridiculous it sounds? And that's a question we need to ask ourselves. So then you see the flood come, 
and we know the story. Um, animals go in by twos, some by sevens, in order to have proper um, sacrifice later. And then the water slowly descends on, and the, the ark descends upon Mount Ararat. Whether or not the ark has been found is up for debate. There's a lot of fake stuff out there, so be careful what you read. But there are several groups that say they have found Noah's ark in Mount Ararat, exactly as stated. So um, fascinating if that were true. And then he talks about the rainbow. Now, the rainbow is the sign that he uh, will never flood the earth again. And the, uh, it also supports the canopy theory because, you know, because we had that layer of water in the sky, we would never have had a rainbow before that because of the way that worked. So, you know, that's, if you're into the canopy theory, then there's another key point there to consider. So then you see that um, Noah has fun building a vineyard and he enjoys the fruit of his labors and um, has, a, has an issue there. But And then you see the way that one of his sons, Ham, uh, dis disrespects his father and yet the other two are respectful of it. And then you see a curse beyond Canaan. You know, there's no coincidence that some of these names appear later in the Bible. What is, where does the name Canaan? That sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Well, we're going to find later that the people of Israel go to Canaan, and they're supposed to wipe it out. So you see the curse played out later on in history as as a form of prophecy, if you will, from Noah here. So, uh, very interesting. Now, the way that the um, descendants are described here, um, we see later on in Scripture that when it talks about the sons of Ham, for instance, um, when it refers to Egypt, it calls them the son of Ham. So we know that at least the Egyptians for sure are direct descendants of the line of Ham, um, as well as, you know, some of that area down in Africa, so on and so forth. Um, the people of Japheth. Now, the, the family of Japheth is believed to be, um, you know, some of the the ones that are going up to, um, like, the European side of the, the geography. If you're looking at your geography, that the European side and, and all that is kind of where they went. And then you see Shem's family. Shem's family is the direct line uh, to going up to Jesus Christ. And you see some very interesting names in here. For example, one of the sons of Aram in verse 23 is Uz. The only time we see this name Uz is at the book of Job. The beginning of the book of Job, that it says that Job lived in the land of Uz. So that's why a lot of people tend to think that um, 
it was before Abraham's time that it is the oldest written record in the Bible. Um, and then you see some things like um, Peleg, verse 25. Name of one son was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided. Now, that could mean the Tower of Babel happened in his lifetime, or um, some theorize that Pangea really did exist. And what do I mean by Pangea? The whole earth was one giant continent, and the flood, it says that the water bursted from the depths of the, the deep, that it burst through the ground. And so perhaps when the flood came from underneath and from on top, that the, the, the wellsprings underneath caused the separation of the continents. We don't really know. That's just a theory. But you see a lot of names that will repeat themselves throughout history here. And then there's one name that is going to be mightily important throughout the rest of even even today. And that's Nimrod. Nimrod is I remember growing up always hearing that Nimrod was like a a name you'd call somebody who was like a moron, right? You're such a Nimrod. But in those days calling somebody a Nimrod was a huge compliment. And it says here that Nimrod was the one who founded the Tower of Babel in the land of Shinar. Later on, we're going to find the land of Shinar is also the land where Babylon exists. And Nimrod currently exists today in different forms. He was, in pagan history, he was revered as a god because of how mighty he was. And he was worshipped as a sun god. And there's a whole lengthy story we can get into some other time about his origins and his wife and his son and how they become like an unholy trinity or like a false Christ. But the worship of the sun god is very strong even to this day. And there are some religions that you would not think worship the sun god primarily, but they do. You know, and while that's debatable, well, we could certainly talk about it another time, but strong evidence that Roman Catholicism heavily focuses on the worship of Nimrod. Another name for Nimrod that we'll see throughout the Bible is Baal. That name will come up many times. So, so that is what I have for you all today. Now, where is Christ in all this? I wanted to also end every lesson with, where is Christ in the text here? So, Christ is the one who saves us. So, you see that uh, the ark is a symbol of Christ, that he saves us from the wrath of God. The, the flood itself symbolizes the wrath of God. And only the righteous are saved, the ones that God has chosen for his own. And Noah and his family were chosen, not because Noah was righteous, but because God chose him to be the representative of all mankind while the rest were wiped out. 
but you do see that God loves him for his obedience and his diligence in doing what exactly what he was told to do. So may that be a challenge to us. Christ is our ark. He is our righteousness. He is our saving from the wrath of God in our destruction. So that's what we have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan. Have a great day. God bless.